Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with all of you. Beginning in April, I'm going to be launching a series of college to career live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs or careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp. And then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live and it's led by me over Zoom. And you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Dan Mien. So as I alluded to in the introduction. Dan has been at BT since September 2017 when he was hired as a member of what in the UK is known as a graduate scheme. And a graduate scheme, to help those who are unfamiliar with the UK system, is a kind of a comprehensive one to two year training program for recent university graduates. And it's very competitive to get accepted into these programs, especially at a company like BT. And P.S., there are a whole bunch of companies in all kinds of industries in the UK that have these graduate schemes. They run from charities or nonprofits to finance, healthcare, human resources, pretty much any industry that you can think of. They have these training programs that offer quite competitive salaries. And Dan, in an article that he wrote for a website, said that the slot that he got, the year that he applied, I guess it was probably like the 2016, you applied in 2016 for the 2017 class. There were 24,000 applications for only 200 slots. That's right. And he got one of them. I mean, that is incredible. What kind of an experience has it been for you, Dan? Can you just give us a very quick overview? Because I know you've been in different departments over the last, you know, the first Two years that you were at BT before you landed in marketing. Absolutely, it's been it's been an incredible experience for me overall. I think I've I've learned so much and I've 
I've matured a lot and I've sort of learned a lot about myself along the journey as well. And I've built an amazing network of people. So I've really, really enjoyed my, my graduate program, my experience at BT. I've had a slightly peculiar start to it where, you know, a lot of people would stick to one area and maybe move through that area. So within marketing, there's so many functions. So I know people who have been in marketing and have, and have rotated through digital and then content and, and different areas of marketing to explore that. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. And at the time that I got the job offer, I wanted to be placed in Birmingham in the West Midlands of the UK, but there was no there's no offers. It was only London. And I was really against moving to London <laughs> because it was just so expensive. It's crazy money for rent. And I was like, if I'm ever going to buy a house or do anything you know, that I want, I need to be able to save. So I said, okay, fine. What are my options? And East Midlands was the option. So that's when they sort of said to me, why don't you try, we've got a rolling supply chain for you. And I had no idea what supply chain was, but I did it. I went, I moved to a place called Milton Keynes in the UK, which I'd never been to before. Yeah, I moved there and I was stationed at a warehouse, essentially a warehouse of stock. And we have a mobile company, a mobile network called EE in the UK. I don't know if you know it, but it's one of the largest mobile providers here. And it was essentially managing the supply chain operations for EE, getting the mobile phones out to people out to customers when they order it. And it was an amazing, very big learning curve, usually steep learning curve. Spent probably the first six months really trying to learn what supply chain was all about because it was very, very complex. A lot of systems, a lot of automation, a lot of, you know, the, the jargon that you just have no clue as a, as a fresh grad or as how, how a complex organization gets stuck out to people. So I did that as my first sort of move. And my second move was still in supply chain, but it was then looking at the reverse reverse loop within EE. So there are 650 stores across the UK, retail stores for EE. And when customers' phones break, they go to the store and they hand their phone back in. And as a customer, you just forget about it, right? You go home and they deliver your phone back to you. But when you're working in it, <laughs> there's a whole complex process that happens to get that phone back repaired. And my job was to analyze and look at the repair loop for improvements, what could we do? To, to improve that chain. And one of my key, key sort of achievements in that area was I found that phones are going into the repair loop slightly broken and finishing the repair loop massively broken. <laughs> so, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it didn't make sense. And I, I saw, you know, I, I did all things like I went to the courier warehouse and I saw a phone being dropped into a box and then behind it, an exercise bike would be dropped on top because they were, they were splitting by postcode. They weren't splitting by business. So you'd have EE and have fitness company. So yeah, the stock was getting damaged. Plus the bags that they'd transport them in weren't secure enough. They were very flimsy. So key achievement for me was rolling out 10,000 newly designed bags that were more protective, could fit more phones in. And that was, yeah, that was a great achievement. And then I moved into a different part of supply chain, which was managing a call center, the service desk. And that was totally different because I was managing 30 people and my job again was to, to manage those people, help improve the core quality, help improve the general statistics such as the amount of calls we take, how long we spend on calls, and just improve the customer service really. And I was servicing the likes of OpenReach Engineers and EDF, which is a, a huge utilities company in the UK. And that was a great role as well. I had, you know, I learned a lot from that. And actually, I'm looking at your CV here and you say that you achieve significant reductions in the average time to answer calls from 90 seconds to 10 seconds. Yeah. 
That's incredible, Dan. And P.S., that's another tip that we're going to be getting into in a little bit on your CV or your resume, whatever you call it, is having data that quantifies the impact that you've had in whatever role you've had. So that's a great one. Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed that role. And there's a lot of things I did for that. You know, for example, I found that we were we were just having so many calls coming at eight o'clock in the morning. We didn't have the staff on. And we didn't, when we had the staff on, we didn't have the right, the quality of the staff. So I repurposed and reshift all the all the sort of the rotors and things to make sure we had experience, experience staff and, and volume there. A few of the things I did with systems and stuff and, and just sort of would nurture it. And that's when we got down to from 90 to 10. You know, incredible. I took I that away. And, that. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's great. And then my sort of, I suppose, I did do another project for a customer there where I launched it in, in the warehouse within supply chain, but that was a bit of a shorter time move because my final move was into marketing them. So I'm not sure if you have an answer for this yet, but has there been a value to you in your current role in marketing from having worked basically on the front lines out in the warehouses and working on supply chain and call centers? Absolutely. It's been really valuable for me. You know, before I joined BT, I was in sales as well. So I, I did work in a, in a sales focused environment that combined with the operational experience, the understanding of how business works, the spine of a business, you know, without a supply chain, you have nothing. So that was really valuable. And then managing the customer call center. Well, customers are everything. They're the lifeblood of business. So it was really understanding their needs, how to communicate with them, what their challenges were and how to improve that. You know, taking all of that information in with me to an interview for a marketing role, I said I would come at this with a totally different perspective to what people who have just done marketing come with. I can relate to salespeople. I can relate to operations people. And who are you going to be selling to? You know, you, you might be selling to the ops manager. You might be selling to the sales manager. That experience will set me apart from the rest. It won't hinder me in any way because I don't have any marketing experience. I'll show you that I have great perspective and I'll learn. Because I've, I've learned in every other role I've done, that's what sold it, I think. Mm, that's so interesting. It's also important to note that with these grad schemes, a full-time job is not guaranteed after the training program is over. So kudos to you again, Dan, for landing that full-time role. You have also been super candid on LinkedIn, which is how he and I met, and other social media about your own experience getting into this scheme in the first place. And you shared that the first time around, remember Dan, Dan graduated in 2015 when he had just graduated from university. He sent out anywhere between, I guess, 20 or 30 applications to different more. Oh, and some, yeah. And some, okay. <laughs> and all of them were rejected. Yeah. What did you learn from that experience, Dan? And what advice can you share with our young listeners about how to increase their chances for success in the application process, whether it's for a grad scheme or for any job, any job application. Absolutely. And I learned a huge amount from that time and that process. I think that I would actually like to note that I was rejected twice from BT before actually joining them. <laughs> First thing I'd probably say is don't give up. Don't give up on your dream. If you have a dream, stick to it. I suppose some mistakes I was making from that year to the following year where I really redefine and refocus my job search strategy and you know improve my my resume and all the rest of it that went into me securing that BT role. First of all, I took a scattergun approach to my applications. 
I was all over the place. I was applying to everything and anything. I had no focus, no real clue about what I was, what I was applying to. I was looking at the name of the company, the salary, and thinking, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'd send my, my CV off, you know, just like that. And I was playing the numbers game. And it's not a numbers game. It's a quality game, 100%. That's the key learning for me is focus your attention and your mind on what you want, whether it's an industry or a set of companies, a particular role, and go for quality over quantity. Some other learnings would be that I was looking at totally the wrong things. To be honest, I was focusing on salary and progression opportunity. I was looking at what can this company give me? And that's the wrong attitude to have. You know, it, it's yes, what what can they give me in terms of progression and skills and all the rest of it? But why do I want to work for them? And why? how, how would we fit together? That was like the totally sort of did a 180 flip on my mindset is when I start really researching the following year on values, on culture, on their products and services. Can I really get behind their mission statement? And what else can I read about the company that will show me whether it's right for me? So I was no longer trying to, I suppose, just take this scattergun approach and mold myself to a company. I understood my own values at that point. I knew what I was looking for because of my experience just before that. And I've identified and fitted in with the company. And that's what really helped me through the entire process. So that's more from a strategy perspective of how to approach the job search. Mindset is the other one. I think that's really important. So rejection is hard and it, it does knock you. It knocks your confidence and it knocks your belief in yourself, you know. And I got myself into a difficult place with that. But no one else is going to help me. I had to help myself. So you have to find it within you to pick yourself out of that place. And it can be done. You know, you can do it. That's that's one thing is I was probably, I was rock bottom at one point, pulled myself out of the ground and got, achieved that, that dream job. A mindset is really important. You know, you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect an employer to? That's the way I look at that. And then the other one is your positioning. How are you positioning yourself to get into these companies? Because I look back at my resume when I came out of graduate, you know, university, when I graduated and I look at it the following year and I was thinking, what was I doing? <laughs> what on earth was I doing with that CV? Why? Um, what was wrong with it? Oh, it was just terrible. Uh, it was too descriptive. I didn't show any impact, zero achievements, zero quantifiable results. I wasn't selling myself in the best way. It wasn't tailored to job descriptions. Same with my cover letter. I sent the same cover letter to pretty much every company, just switch out the company name, thinking that was going to work. So a reflection on yourself, looking really within you at what you've done in past roles and taking the key achievements from them and then being able to put that onto paper is what's going to really help. So it's a combination of all those things, really. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.